0: You ready?
1: When the music comes on, it always hurts my ears. Not ear. in my ear. Okay, go ahead.
0: Do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 470. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, uh, we have an announcement regarding our conference, and we're going to be introducing what's new about it. Uh, Most of you know most of it, but I'm sure... No, they don't. I mean, up until this point. Got it. Um, but we're about to drop a few more names and, and talk about some amazing people, aren't Yes. We? And then um, in addition to that, uh, I'm going to tease my little section, which is it's a quick uh, clip from an interview between two of my favorite people, Tony Robbins and Michael Singer, who wrote The Untethered Soul. Would you still Soul.
1: call Tony Robbins one of your favorite people?
0: Absolutely. He, oh, you would? Yeah, he does not... Um, he's He's not perfect by any means uh, like
1: all the other perfect people um meaning nobody is is my point
0: yeah um, there's a few people that might Jesus a lot of people say Jesus is perfect right Buddha maybe Yoda you know all the good ones
1: maybe people who are still doing their earth walk
0: yes yes but no I we and we did a whole show about Tony responded to me to a Me Too question in a way that I thought was terribly wrong. But, you know, once again, just, you know, we can't agree with everything somebody says, including us, for goodness sakes, oh, right? Correct, yes. We'll probably plant some seeds in your guy's brain. You're like, no, I don't think so.
1: I'll let that one go. I'll
0: let that one go. Mm-hmm. Just focus on what works and discard the rest. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so that's the deal, sweetie. Go ahead. What do we got?
1: Okay. So everybody, uh, we are going to talk about our conference for a few minutes here. Just to share with you. Um,
0: we should have a conference song.
1: Yeah, well, it get your brave on is um, the theme. So there's a lot of songs that have brave in it.
0: Oh, there's a song called Brave, correct?
1: Isn't there? Sarah Bareilles' song. Um, Do you
0: mind if I play a quick uh, sure. clip? Go ahead. Is it too loud, sweetie? Yes. Sorry, I'll fade it in for the listeners. You have to deal with the sudden disruption.
1: Yes. It's actually since the beginning, it's been really loud in my ears, but I'm just trying to bear with it. We actually went to uh, this, sorry, side note here. We went to a uh, cheerleading state last night.
0: The state competition, the state competition for competition. Illinois.
1: And it was so loud in there. It's
0: loud. It's a wonderful competition. I love
1: uh, all the loud music, but I'm still buzzing a little bit. Not
0: quite sure about the post competition mm-hmm. entertainment.
1: It was, it was all right. It was
0: fun. Well, some of it was fun. The video was fun. The video was great. Uh, There was an Elvis guy there and it just didn't quite land for me.
1: (laughs) He's an Elvis impersonator. Yeah. He he it was funny. We we had good humor. Um so anyway, but my ears the reason I'm saying everything hurts is I still am feeling all that energy. You're hypersensitive. I am. I'm a little hypersensitive. So anyway. We're going to talk about the conference. Um, it's on March eighth and 9th. Like we were just saying, it's the Get Your Brave On conference. It's our fourth annual, and um, we are our speakers this year. Our keynotes are Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach and uh, Devorah Heitner and Julia Lithcott Hames, and we're so. Proud to have all four of them, and they started us off in August, I think, when we announced them. And people have been buying their tickets. And Todd and I always knew that we would be adding more people, and we thought now would be a good time to announce because there are only how many weeks, Todd? Two and a half weeks left of early bird.
0: Uh, It's the eleventh today, so eleven minus thirty-one is uh, twenty.
1: Fast math. That's right. Todd is twenty days away. Okay, so you guys have twenty days to get your early bird tickets because we have four other speakers coming and um, I'll tell you first of all that we, how how do I say this, We wanted to make sure that we were focusing um, on people who were making a difference, Mm -hmm. people who we perceive as uh, world changers, thought leaders, um, and especially a few of these people who live in our very own city and we're so proud of the work they do. So the first person that I want to introduce is um, a gentleman named Jamal Cole.
0: Sweetie, who's Jamal Cole? So.
1: Jamal Cole runs this organization called my block, my hood, my city. And he was introduced to us by our friend, Sean, who's on our team, um, on, on our team, you know, Zen parenting team. And so we, you know, first of all, when we were introduced to him before we had our meeting with him, we just read all about him and we're like, Oh my gosh, this guy. Can I tell the quick story? Sure. Go ahead.
0: Sean Emerson, my good friend slash yoga teacher slash tribe member. Uh, he knew that we're looking for maybe to fill a spot in the conference. And he's like, have you checked this guy out? So I forwarded you the email and I didn't think much about him. Like, yeah, it's another amazing guy. There's a million amazing guys. Yes. And you reply back right away. Like we have to have this guy on and I'm like, okay, sounds good. And you know, we have since met him and we are so excited, but why did his mission appeal so much to you?
1: So. I I will get into that. He one of the things that Jamal does with My Block, My Hood, My City is he um, has recognized that a lot of these kids who are growing up in inner city Chicago, that they don't have a lot of exposure outside of their block and their city they they only know what's going on in their own community which is beautiful in its own way meaning that they have pride in their community there's nothing wrong with that but that he wants to expose them to other experiences so they can have a bigger vision of the world and the reason why that really you know kind of got me in the heart is that's what my dad used to do for a living. Um, When I was growing up, and I used to work with him in a program called the Migrant Program. And it would, uh, migrant workers would come into DeKalb, where I lived, and they would be, you know, the people who were doing the farming, and they would move around the country with their children. And so we had, I was a teacher in that program. So I was with the children. And a big thing for my dad, because he was the executive director of the program, was these kids need to see the city. They need to see other parts, of you know, instead of just going to from know, place to they place. They need to see
0: what is possible. And
1: yeah, they, they need to have exposure to other things. Yeah. And so we'd take them to plays and we'd take them to fancy restaurants. And we. it was exact same thing um, as far as like what the idea is that Jamal is doing. Sure. And so when I read what he was doing, it just, you and know. And he's doing
0: the same thing for these young men yeah, and women in in his, Chicago.
1: Yeah. yeah. And um, so I, and I, I was able to tell Jamal that story, which I, which I was happy to do. But let me read just a bit of... Of his bio, so you guys can get an idea of what a cool person he is and how much he's doing for the world. So, um, Jamal Cole, he's a volunteer and a role model. Um, and this is kind of the backstory. While working with juveniles in Cook County Prison, Jamal encountered young inmates who could not dream beyond the small block they lived on let alone the incredible opportunity Chicago has to offer. Um, This inspired the creation of his nonprofit, My Block, My Hood, My City. The organization helps teenagers overcome poverty and isolation by opening up their experience to the world beyond their neighborhoods. Um, And he's guided by these core values, which you guys who listen to the show will know that we're just so in alignment with him. Interconnectivity, empathy, hope, civic responsibility. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Um, So, And he's also, I mean... Todd and I were looking at his... his bio. And this guy has won so many awards.
0: Yeah, he's one of those guys where like, oh, I'm doing a good job. I'm doing this podcast and I'm helping teach young people about healthy masculinity. And then I read his bio. I'm like, wow, I'm not really doing that
1: much. I'm not really doing that much. Like, He's winning all these awards. And so obviously he's an advocate for education reform in Chicago. You know, he talks a lot about improving the schools. He's a frequent speaker at a lot of the colleges in Chicagoland. He is an author. He's written a few books, um, but uh, he's the author of The Torch of Decency, Rekindling the Spirit of community organizations, and he's received many awards, like I said. Um, Most notably, in the last couple months, he was named 2018 Chicagoan of the Year. He well, was included in that group.
0: Pretty damn good, because so, there's uh, three or four million people in the city of Chicago.
1: So we are so honored to have Jamal Cole be a speaker at our conference. And like Todd said, we got to meet with him and chat with him and Casey, who's part of his team. And we just think they're phenomenal yeah. people. And I'm just so thrilled to have them. So Sweet. Jamal Cole Thank is you, our Jamal. first person.
0: Hold on. Hold uh, on. Mm. There we go, that makes it official, sweetie. Yes. Uh, who's you. next?
1: So uh, next is a friend, I was gonna say a friend of the pod, that's from Pod Save America, but a friend of the podcast um, that she has been on our podcast before and we consider her kind of like the expert in relationships, partnerships, marriage. Her name is Dr. Alexandra Solomon. Uh, Dr. Solomon is a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Psychology at Northwestern. She's a licensed clinical psychologist at the Family Institute at Northwestern. And and obviously she writes a lot of articles. She's written so many things. I read everything she writes, um, and chapters for leading academic journals. Um, she actually, I'm kind of Putting this in here, she, I've, she's done a lot of work with Esther Perel, who we've talked about on this yeah, show we're too. Big fans. Um, she's the author of a wonderful book that we highly recommend, and like, and we had her on our show last year, and she talked about it, Loving Bravely: mm-hmm. Twenty Lessons of Self-Discovery to Help You Get the Love You Want. Um, and uh, you know, her work here in Chicago, she has a, psych, a psychotherapy practice for individuals, adults, and couples. Um, she teaches and trains marriage and family therapy graduate students, and teaches the internationally renowned undergraduate course. Building, Loving, and Lasting Relationships, Marriage 101. There was actually an Atlantic uh, article that came out probably about three weeks ago that we actually included in our newsletter recently, if you get our newsletter. And it was basically this really in-depth article. Article about why kids or teenagers are not having as much sex as they used to, which yeah. I think is surprising. A right. lot, right? You to think a lot that
0: uh, it's either the same or they're having more sex now because of all culture and
1: right. Everything else, yeah. We we would assume there'd be an increase, right? Um, but one of the people that the author followed was Dr. Solomon. Mm. She went to her class and followed what she was doing, and she was kind of a big part of yeah. writing that article, a major, you know, article for our country. So. Um, so she's also just a friend and we just like her very much. And we
0: uh, record a podcast with her. It's podcast number 372 if you want to hear more. And we'll put it in the show notes as well.
1: So um, for those of you who uh, know her work, I know you're probably excited. And she is going to be talking with us on Friday night. Um, it's going to be kind of a panel. Like it, when I say kind of, it's not that it's not, but it's really just the four of us.
0: Well, you don't know who the fourth person is I yet. I
1: know. That's the, our next person. You ready? Uh,
0: hold on. I got to do this. Oh, yes. That's for you, Dr. Sullivan.
1: Yes, thank you. We're so excited to have her as part of our team. We actually knew a long time ago we were going to ask her, but we just kind of had to wait till everything. Uh, worked itself out. So our next friend, this is another friend um, of the podcast. Many of you will know him well, Dr. John Duffy.
0: Yes. I like that guy. I
1: like that guy too. He's uh, actually a dear friend. He is. He's a friend of ours. He's been on the show several times, um, but I will, I still want to give his background for those of you who are maybe new to our show. Um, he's a clinical psychologist, best-selling author, certified life coach, a parenting and relationship coach, Expert and a very proud husband and father. And his uh, his wife Julie is a friend of ours too, and she's been on our show too. He has been working with individuals, couples, teens, and families for nearly 20 years. Um, and this is I love this sentence. John's refreshing and unique approach has provided the critical intervention and support needed to help thousands of individuals and families find their footing. The reason I love that sentence is he is refreshing. He is. Don't you think, like he says things sometimes and I go, yes.
0: He's a positive individual. He's a dear friend. Um, whenever I think of Dr. Duffy, there's so many different uh, things I have stolen from him yes. as far as how he blatant talks to parents. Stealing. Yeah, blatant stealing. Um, but, is, you know, he... he uh, Specializes as far as as far as therapy with younger people. Yeah,
1: teens. And he
0: he has said, and many, and I think we may have even t- titled our podcast this, but something to the effect of, he he never met a kid he didn't like because they're all good kids they're or something all good like kids. that. Yeah, you know they get they go sideways probably because something else happened to them. But he just he's an optimistic, positive. Amazing dude. You know,
1: he sees the core of
0: people. He does. And, he and sees through it.
1: He see, He understands that all these kids are doing their best and that they want to do well and that they know when they're doing things wrong and they need support systems around them to help them inspire to be all those things they know themselves to be. So along with his clinical work, he is the author of the fantastic book, The Available Parent. Um, and he's he also is a big media presence. He's on TV a lot. It's all
0: over and he's got to slow down. He, <laughs> John, if you're listening, take a break.
1: Well, and not only that, but he's now hosting a show on WGN radio, which in Chicago is kind of our biggest radio mm. station. Um, and it's called Nightside on WGN radio. And he also has a podcast called Better.
0: Yes, with Julie.
1: Yes. And so, yes, we Todd gives John a hard time because he's busy. He's yeah, so busy. Yeah, he, he overdoes it. He take, loves it, though. And
0: I'm sure. If Julie's listening, which she probably will, she's saying, yes, Todd, tell him to slow down. (laughs) Um, Plus, he wears vests all the time. He
1: does. He wears vests. He's Mr.
0: Vest Guy. So
1: if you guys have been to our conferences before, you know Dr. Duffy. And so on Friday night, um, Dr. Solomon and Dr. Duffy will be joining us for a panel about relationships and about how to... um, like. And I actually titled it something really good, and I can't think of what it is, but it's something about how we are going to raise our children Mm -hmm. with a mindset of equality and how we are going to live equality in our own home and in our partnerships. Because how do our kids learn how to live equality? By watching what we're doing.
0: By us role modeling.
1: And when I say living equality, we have to take into account that we're all, you know, we're from a different, um, you know, we're from a different, what's the word I'm looking for? decade. We're from a different time. Generation.
0: Gener- <laughs> You're welcome.
1: <laughs> you know that basic word, generation. We're from a different generation, and so we're kind of learning... Uh, even though we've always known, knowledge-based, that we should be equal, we're practicing living this now. I know Todd and I definitely are, and I know a lot of people who listen to the show are. There's a lot of people who are coming to the conference who are no longer in relationship. Maybe they're divorced. Maybe they're single parents, mm-hmm. and have always been that way. And it's about how to, you know, if they choose to be in a relationship again, or if they choose to raise children on their own, how to find that sense of groundedness too.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know,
1: it's not all. About having to be in a partnership, right. but if you are, um, how do we find that you know equal footing? So it's going to be off the hook. Yeah, it's going to be really good. So that's going to um, be fun. So night.
0: we've interviewed John, I think, on this podcast. Like- Two or three times. A bunch times. of times. One of them was titled, All Teenagers Are Amazing. And that's what I was trying to get yes, at before. Yes, As podcast 264, uh, we did two parts to that because it was so good. So I think it was like an hour and a half. So we broke it up into two. And then we did one called Undo Anxiety with Dr. John Duffy podcast. And then we did a better one where we did a cross promotion with John and Julie's podcast. We both basically pressed record and we shared it on each of our platforms. So Great. anyways.
1: All right. You right, going to clap for uh, yeah. John? This is
0: for John and for Julia. I'll throw Julia, clap, yeah.
1: too. For both of them. We love them both. And then Ooh. one of our new friends is our fourth speaker. Um, she was on the show this summer, and I fell in love with this woman because her book came into my hands at a time that I really needed it um, when I was really sick last year. And her book, Daring to Rest, sat by my bedside and reminded me of what I needed to do to take care of myself. And her name is Karen Brody. Um, Karen Brody is an activist, mother, speaker, founder of the Daring uh, to Rest, online community helping women and also men take back rest she is the author of the book Daring to Rest Reclaim Your Power with Yoga Nidra Rest Meditation Karen writes for a lot of publications like Yoga Journal Mind Body Green uh, Best Self and she hosts a podcast called Daring to Rest um, to help women of the world free um, themselves from yeah. being overwhelmed. And she also has an online community for women to share with each other, kind of like our team Zen yep. um, and helping other people learn how to teach Yoga Nidra and so they can pass that on. Um, and it, there's a lot of other things about Karen that are amazing. You know, she's a playwright, all these things. But again, she was on our show this summer. If you want to hear her story.
0: Podcast number 438, we titled it, Why Are Women So Tired?
1: Yes. And Karen is going to be at the conference. She's going to talk to us a little bit on Friday night and then she is going to offer Yoga Nidra on Saturday. Yeah. So for those of you who are like, I've always wanted to try Yoga Nidra, you can do it at our conference. There you go. So we are going to have um so she's gonna explain it on Friday and then offer it on Saturday. So um we are going to um uh also offer a yoga class, a regular yoga class like a you know, the asanas, the yeah. And that's going to be early Saturday morning, but there will also be yoga nidra during the day. So we can, you know, basically what Karen um, and I, and I have, you know, played with yoga nidra too, but obviously I'm not as skilled as Karen is on this. She is the teacher. I mean, literally the teacher. And, you know, it really is an opportunity to get your body into the deepest state of rest. In a very small amount of time. And
0: as somebody who loves efficiency and productivity, if I can do something in a 30-minute yoga nidra session yes. and that I otherwise would have to do in an eight-hour restful sleep. Yes. That sounds interesting.
1: It is. And I've actually in my office down here, I've thought about like having a sleeping bag that I have in the corner or maybe in this closet right here. So when I really want to do that, I can do it in my office. Yeah. Because you didn't you do need to find a place that's kind of separate, Yeah. you know, you don't want a lot of, it's not like meditation where you're like, oh, I'm going to deal with all the noise and everything. It really is a time to get to that, really shut down to that core of yourself. Well, and it's just radical
0: self-care that most of us parents, mostly, not mostly moms, but especially moms have a hard time doing.
1: Yes. So our four speakers again, Uh, I didn't clap. Oh, clap for Karen, please. We're so honored to have her. So again, Jamal Cole, Alexandra Solomon. John Duffy, Karen Brody, welcome to the Zen Parenting Conference 2019. So happy to have you. We are so thrilled to have you. Um, what is that? Is she playing? Oh, there it is.
0: So if you look at the collective, just, be, I mean, that's eight speakers I know. for a two day spiel. I
1: know. Well, and I had a few people ask, like, how are you going to fit all these people in? It totally works out. Like, yeah. um, like I said, Friday night, uh, Dr. Solomon and Dr. Duffy are going to join Todd and I. Todd and I speak on Friday night for about an hour. And then there'll be about an hour. And then when we're done, Karen's going to kind of explain yoga nidra. And just it's just a short thing so mm-hmm. everybody can understand what it is. And then we'll have a little break. And then we'll come back and have um, Alexandra and John join us for a panel. And then the next day, um, we'll have Abby and Glennon in the morning. And then we'll take a break. And then we will have Jamal. And then we will have Devorah, and then in the afternoon we'll have Julie Lithcott-Hames. So it all really works out great.
0: The price of the conference is $300, sweetie, but there, we have a deal, don't we? What's we have an deal? early bird. And how long does the early bird go for?
1: We, I think you did some quick math and it was 20 more days. So that'd be December 31st.
0: So it's 50 bucks off if you do it be, yes. before 1231.
1: So, yes. Anyways. So... Those are the speakers that we are so honored to have at this conference. Um, we just we just want to be in the same room with all of them. That's what really feels good. That's always the feedback um, that we get about this conference: is the room just feels good. That's right. Which I agree. Like I really feel it's a wonderful like wonderful room. I love yeah, that I do. Room. I feel like it like fills you up. Um, but we also wanted to share something else that we're doing this year that was really important to Todd and I. Um, we we wanted to highlight some organizations. Uh, that Todd and I really believe in and that we support in our own way. Kind of, it's, and I was gonna say behind the scenes, but not really behind the scenes because we talk about them on the show all the time. But we wanted to have them kind of front and center at our conference um, so other people could support and learn more about what these organizations do. Um, and we chose four, and it really wasn't difficult to make this choice. Mm-hmm. We kind of knew right away who we were gonna have. Um, and so, we,
0: what this means is they're gonna have tabletops to be able to talk to all of our guests. Yeah. About as and they walk and
1: by. be front and center. Yeah. You know they're the and we asked them to come. Yeah, they're they, not they like did not, sponsors. Yeah, we went and found them. We went and found them and said we uh, love the work you do and we would be honored if you would come be at our conference because we mm-hmm. want other people to know more about you. So I just wanted to speak really briefly about all four of them and. Um, You may already know what they are, but you can learn more about them at the conference and on our website, SendParentingConference.com. We have information about each of them. But the first one is uh, Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. Yes. Um, Those of you know that uh, Todd and I are active in our Moms Demand group here in Elmhurst. Um, our friend Diane runs it, and we had on Diane and Sarah on a podcast on this show. What what was that called? Uh, I'm going to find it. Okay. So I will tell you, for those of you who don't know about Moms Demand, uh, Moms Demand uh, Action for Gun Sense in America, it's a grassroots m- movement of Americans fighting for public safety measures that can protect people from gun violence. Um, so they campaign for new and stronger solutions to lax gun laws and loopholes that jeopardize our families and this, our safety. Um, um, there's a chapter in every state of the country and they are aligned with mayors against illegal guns students demand action and the every town survivor network and they're all a part of every town for gun safety which is the largest gun violence prevention organization
0: It's uh, podcast number 433 and podcast number 434. We went long so we broke it up into two.
1: Got it. So listen to that show if you want to know more about Moms Demand um, they they had they Um, just in this election alone had a big impact on... It was interesting to see this year with the election how talking about safety measures... And again, we're just talking about safety measures. I have to be very clear because people think it's like they do the false dichotomy of you're either for or against. This is about safety measures with guns, kind of like wearing seatbelts in a car. It's about how do we protect... You know, ourselves, our children, our schools um, from, you know, gun violence. And there used to be a time that I don't think politicians would even talk about what side they were on. And now it's a, you know, now it's there was a lot of people elected to the House who it was part of their platform. For sure. You know, saying that, yes, we need stricter gun laws. So um, so that's Mom Dema- um, Moms Demand. So that's our first organization. Um,
0: And just real quick about Moms Demand. My biggest thing, because I've been to ha- half a dozen meetings by now, um, they support the Second Amendment. Oh, absolutely. So There's I've,
1: people who are in the NRA yeah, or who have been in the NRA. belong Moms Demand. Absolutely. And
0: by the way, I'm a dad, and yes, I'm, I'm invited and encouraged to be a part of Moms Demand action.
1: Yes, it's bipartisan. Yeah. Now, I know that for many that you'll say, well, how can it be? Because it's not about it's not about taking away guns. It's about gun
0: safety safety.
1: This is you know, and I feel like Diane always has to say this over and over again because people want You know, it's like they're trying to catch him in something. uh,
0: Unless we're informed, we see it as black and white.
1: We do. And so we just want to make sure that you understand that and, you know, the work that this this organization has done has been phenomenal. It's been inspiring. Um, The next organization is connected to one of our speakers. It's actually My Block, My Hood, My City, which is Jamal Cole's organization. Um, We want to raise more awareness around what he's doing and we want to bring, um, you know, more people to support his effort. And again, I know... No, I already read about Jamal, but what his organization does, they provide youth with new experiences, exposing them to possibilities beyond their communities, and their mission is to help teenagers overcome poverty and isolation they face boost their educational attainment and open them up to opportunities that will make a difference in their lives. Who
0: wouldn't want to be a part of that?
1: That's what I mean. Like in, in these sometimes these organizations they're well known by, you know, certain groups or they're well known in maybe just in Chicago, mm-hmm. but then people in the suburbs I can I, as I told Jamal, sh- Chicago's still my city. Yeah. I know I live in Elmhurst and so people say is it really? Right. That's where we lived forever. Yeah. And so that is, and we're there all the time. It's our city. We want to support our city um, and we still consider ourselves a part of it. So this is the coolest thing. So I'm so glad that we you have another week when listening to this to support My Block, My Hood, My City, because one of the things that Jamal's been doing over the last month is he's been... Decorating Martin Luther King Jr. Drive in Chicago.
0: And what does that drive typically?
1: Well, t- there's a lot of security cameras. Mm-hmm. Just let me say that there's a lot of those for those of you who live in Chicago. You know what I, I'm talking about. They have the security cameras, and they're always flashing blue. Mm-hmm. And it's not a very um,
0: not the safest neighborhood. Yeah,
1: it does. And well, it do, and it doesn't make you feel like people are really caring about your neighborhood. Correct. And what Jamal wanted to focus on was. Um, decorating it, like making it ready for the holidays and reminding people who live there that we care about you and we want you to have decorations. And so not only has he been raising money, but he's been organizing like on December 8th, they got together, I think on December 1st, the week before they got together to start putting all this garland and all the ribbons and all the lights up. And they're going to do it again on December 15th. So for those of you who are interested, you can actually go down and help them put up the lights and put up the garland. And um, we've been spreading the word about that with our friends. And also, you can if you can't make it or you're not from Chicago, you can donate to mm-hmm. this because one of the things Jamal said, he's like, I didn't even know what Garland was yeah. before I did this, but I had no idea how expensive it was because yeah. he's really trying to do the whole block. Yeah. And so that it, it takes – you guys know, decorating your own house, and he's trying to do blocks yeah. Um, so you can go to, um, and again, you can click on it on our website, my block, my hood, my city, you can donate to the cause, which we obviously we're excited to do. Um, and so that is our second group that we are focusing on and they have great like merchandise. Like yep. I want to get my sweatshirt and you know, that kind of stuff. So they'll have that there too. All right. So can you clap for Oh, sorry.
0: Things? This is for you, Jamal and all your team and everything you're doing.
1: And then the third one is another kind of uh, organization we've been talking about a lot on the show. We had on their executive director, um, Alexa James, I don't know, a year or two ago. And it's um, NAMI. Mm-hmm. And that is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, and we're focusing specifically on NAMI Chicago, right. again, because it's our city and it's Alexa's. Uh, she's the executive director, as we said. And the mis- the uh, mission of NAMI is to provide hope and improve the quality of life for those whose lives are affected by mental illness. And let me tell you that a lot of the people that I send to NAMI are not just the people struggling with their own mental wellness, but the families who have someone in, you know, someone who's ha- who in their family who is struggling with mental wellness. And NAMI gives support to people who are supporting people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, so they offer classes. They they have a hotline. You know, they have a suicide hotline. They also just have a hotline for people who need resources yeah. and references. Um, we uh, believe, have always believed in what they're doing. We do their walk every year, oh, yeah. try and raise money for them, go to their, um,
0: event, their, fundraisers. their event
1: fundraisers. Um, we know the work that they're doing and the lives they change. And we're just so honored to have them at our yeah. conference.
0: I, in one way, shape, perform Kathy and I are like directly connected or inspired by yes. these organizations. So this is there's some there's some thought that was put into which of these four which companies we're going to include.
1: Organizations. Most of them are non-for-profit. Are non-for-profits companies? Is that the same word? Organizations.
0: Organizations. By the way, we interviewed Alexa on podcast number 343, which will also be included in the show notes.
1: Yes. And so, um, you know, again, they just, uh, they do amazing work and they save lives every day. So thank goodness for them. Um, And then our fourth organization that we're super excited about is called Youth Outlook. Mm -hmm. Um, We actually had a guest from Youth Outlook yes. in our first year.
0: Yes, I'm gonna pull it up.
1: Okay, so, but just, we wanna kind of explain what it is first. Um, youth Outlook is the is a social service agency in Illinois solely dedicated to the support of LGBTQ plus youth. Um, they work in six counties in the Chicago suburbs, offering drop-in centers for youth, parent support, and community education. We've always been excited about Youth Outlook, but we're especially excited right now because there's a drop-in center that is coming to Elmhurst, mm-hmm. which is our town. So the drop-in center, the drop-in centers uh, where it's where people can meet weekly, it's a social setting for youth to meet other uh, LGBTQ young people, um, providing a safe and comforting space, space for them. There's classes there, there's programming. Um, they can talk about you know safe sex, healthy relationships, HIV, AIDS prevention, et cetera. Just like one of those places where you're like, thank goodness it exists. Um, and there's also, they also have a support group called Thrive for parents um, and those who are actively participating with LGBTQ teens. Um, and then obviously community education. I'm excited to see, I don't think they're going to really be set up here until next fall. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just making that transition right now. But I'm excited to see what they're going to offer to our community. And if there's any way we can support them and that this is one of the ways, you know, like bringing awareness that they're going to be here. Um, So again, Youth Outlook um, will have a table at our conference and we just want to bring more awareness to what they are doing.
0: We did a show, as you said, back in November of 2013. So Over five years ago, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, over five years ago, the woman we uh, interviewed, her name was Nancy Mullen. And what I remember most about that interview, it was my faux pas, because it's all about LGBTQ youth. Mm -hmm. And I kept on referring to gay people as homosexual. And she's like, how come you keep... Saying that. Saying that word. And I, and I honestly was like, well, I thought that that was the respectful term that I ought to be using.
1: And she said, that's a clinical She's term. She's like, that's
0: a clinical term. And I said, what word do you want me to use? She said, gay, because mm-hmm. that's what we are. Right. So, anyways, I learned a lot from that, but that's the one that's embedded in my brain.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. Those are the kind of conversations that we need to have. So we under, and, and this is like our. You know, our hope with all these organizations we're highlighting um, is that it's about really bringing awareness that they exist and then f- using them to gain information, to have a better understanding of how we speak about these things. Like all of these organizations that we just highlighted, I've learned something from them about how I can better communicate. Yeah. And and I'm not even saying I'm doing it perfectly. You know, like Todd and I still will get emails where people will say, you said this, or you didn't say this, or you didn't use the pronouns correctly, or we're still learning. Like we are, we are still, aren't we all? We, are,
0: we are living work in progress.
1: We And we all are because it changes, Todd. Yeah. You yeah. know, like what we learned five years ago, it changes. And I know for some people that can be really disruptive, but what I say is let's just move with it. Let's, let's just learn. just
0: go with the flow like a twig on the shoulder of a mighty stream, sweetie.
1: That's right. That's Let. from, LG, or from uh, PTA. PTA.
0: Del Griffith. Yes. One of my favorite movie characters of all time. I know. Um, by the way, my sister told me she had a dream and it was about my mom who passed away, but she also said that I was with Neil Page from... Oh. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Which would be Steve Martin. Which would be Steve Martin. I, I'd love to travel around with Neil Page. Who
1: do you perceive yourself to be in that movie I More? think
0: everybody perceives themselves as Neil Page.
1: And you have so much John Candy in you. Really? Todd, think about like, and I don't mean- Well,
0: I, you know, he takes his socks off in the plane. Right. Like the-, the The not caring about how you are perceived. Yes, I got a little bit of that in me.
1: And also, I find your humor to be awesome, awesome, which is why I'm glad we're together. Um, But you know, there are some personalities who your humor falls a little flat with them.
0: I drive certain people
1: nuts. Correct. And so my point in saying that is, I think that's the truth with Dell sometimes, where he'll be like he doesn't understand why. No. Lack, Lack of awareness. And you know what? We all have a little of both of those characters in us. So not just you. Um, so those are our four organizations, and so that those are our big announcements. Yeah, and we're not going to have many big announcements
0: like the one that we just did yeah. between now and March, so hopefully you guys are as excited as we are. Hopefully you hear the enthusiasm in Kathy's voice, like, you know, whenever, you know, Kathy and I talk about this stuff all the time, and there is just this, I don't know what the word is, this enthusiasm whenever you talk about this conference. And our biggest challenge is to um, at least equal or surpass what we've done in years past. and I
1: try not to do that, Todd. I know. I try not I do. to compete against myself. I, I know,
0: but I do. <laughs> and I feel like we are in position to equal or surpass last wow. year's amazing conference.
1: All these people, we have these, all these organizations and people that I admire, like I said, just being in the room with all of them, I'm going to be like, this is so great. Um,
0: oh, by the way, if you're on Team Zen, you get an extra 10% off. So if, Hey man, if you're smart like me, I might just join Team Zen to check it out and knock off the extra 10%.
1: I know. You know what? I was going to, because we were just talking about youth outlook and we were talking about, you know, correct pronouns and everything and how to say things. um, I'm pointing this out because you said it, but I'm also pointing it out because I do it all the time with my college class, which is saying things like, like, hey, you guys. Mm-hmm. That has become very common. Tricky. Again, talk about our generation. Yeah. That is so our right. generation. We call everybody guys. And we mean no offense by it. Yeah. Um, there's no ill intention. Correct. But one thing that I've been practicing, because things are changing and because, um, you know, gender... Is it's always been fluid, but because we're becoming more, more aware, aware of, of it, it. Right, and right. people want to make sure that we're speaking the correct pronouns, is you can instead of saying "Hey guys," we can say "Hey folks," mm-hmm. or we can say "Hey everybody." Yeah. And I've been practicing, and my students kind of laugh when I get it wrong because they know it. They know I'm doing. It, it's like when you're kind of on autopilot, you yeah. talk like you always talk. Sure. And. If you're very highly conscious of every word, but that it's a practice of going back and forth.
0: If we lived in the South, we wouldn't have to worry about it because it'd be y'all.
1: Y'all, I oh, y'all I wanna, is so much can easier. Can I start using that? Sure, because Annie does. I know, but she's from there. She's oh. from Virginia, so she has that comes naturally to mm-hmm. her. Um, but for me, I would be really using it with a Chicago accent, and I don't know if it'd flow. Chicago. Very well. Hey, y'all,
0: Chicagoans. Hey, y'all.
1: I, uh, I can't do it as well, but I would like to use y'all because I think that I it it's all-encompassing.
0: Um, quick shout-out to our sponsors for the conference.
1: Oh, yeah. yes. So, so we haven't even mentioned our sponsors. I'm ready.
0: Okay, go for um, it. Real quick, uh, 18 Master Values, Threads Worldwide, Rita Highland Coaching, and Bring It Home. Those are our four silver sponsors so far. And then our bronze is uh, Yoga by Degrees, um, Stoller Stoller, Parent Coaching FamZoo Comprehensive Clinical Services um, The Tribe Men's Group and Todd Adams Coaching I had to put myself in there I was going to say
1: you're sponsoring us twice
0: and uh, also YinSpiredYoga.com. so those are the ones uh, that will be a part of the conference, so and thanks We so.
1: are so grateful um, that they chose to be a part of the conference with us. Some of those names will be familiar to you, they are good friends of ours, and we'll talk about them more on the show later, for sure. right?
0: Yeah, um, and then our uh, weekly uh, Zen Parenting Radio conference for this week is canvaspeople.com. Sweetie, how are you doing on the holiday shopping?
1: I'm actually doing very well. Are you done almost? One more thing, because something got canceled on eBay yesterday.
0: And were you happy about that? No,
1: I was grumpy because I was done, and then all of a sudden, I wasn't. I
0: know. And even after you do this, don't you think there is going to be at least yes, one other straggling thing? By the way, to the guys out there, if the if the if the wife in, or
1: partner in or, your or life. partner
0: in your life uh, does all that Christmas shopping, uh, just thank them for it. I used to take it for granted. Um, I don't take it as for granted. Anymore. Uh, But I used to completely like show up on Christmas and then all of a sudden all these presents are there and I just said, yep, that's what happens. And (laughs) Magic Fairy. And the Magic Fairy did it. But what Kathy does is she thinks really hard about what she wants to get somebody. She orders it, she receives it, she wraps it, she puts notes in it. Like it's pretty nuts. Sometimes
1: I go to the store and get it.
0: I know, it's nuts. So, anyways, But aside from that, I have an idea for anybody out there doing some holiday shopping, canvaspeople.com. What they do is they print your favorite memories on canvas Mm -hmm. and turns them into unique works of art uh, that add a beautiful touch to your home. Uh, So for a really special gift for the special people in your life, you got to check Canvas People out. Uh, It's great for decor. The prints are like pieces of art, and they have an awesome deal for our listeners. If you text the word... Z-E-N to the number 484848. uh, You get a free 11 by 14 Canvas for not $69.99, which it usually is, $0. You just pay for shipping. So text ZEN to 484848, and then you can upload them right from your phone. I actually ordered one for my dad right from my phone last week while I was sitting in a coffee shop. So check them out, and thanks to Canvas people for being such an awesome uh, part of what it is that we do, and thank you for your support. All right, you ready for my My little piece? Please. All right. So Tony Robbins is one of my mentors. Michael Singer is one of my mentors. Uh, Most of you know who Tony Robbins is. Some of you may know who Michael Singer is. Michael Singer wrote a book called The Untethered Soul. And I refer to the first two chapters of the book probably more than any chapters or books I refer to anybody. If I'm working with guys, if I'm working with a friend who's struggling with something, I think the name, the title of the first chapter is The Voice Inside Your Head, and the title of the second chapter is Your Inner Roommate, and it's all about the voice inside your head, and what he teaches is creating some separation between this voice, which is your ego, or your memories, or your, uh, I don't know what what term I want to use, and then the space, the observer of those thoughts. So what's interesting, the reason I was so excited to listen to this podcast, it's on the Tony Robbins podcast, and I'll include the link on the show notes. But Tony and his wife Sage are interviewing Michael. They call him Mickey actually because they're friends with him. And um, what's interesting about it is Tony is somebody like I was thinking we did yoga. We practiced yoga this morning together, and I was thinking if I had to describe,
1: you Tony, didn't practice with Tony. No, I did <laughs> not.
0: I practiced with my sweetie. <laughs> Um, if I practice, if I would describe Tony in a single word, I would say he's a creator. And Mm. what I mean by that is you got to create your luck. You got to create your outcome. You got to create, create, create.
1: He's very active.
0: He's very active. And he's, he's, you know, what I learned at UPW, which is one of his workshops is you got to take massive action to get what you want. So, um, he's all about the doing. Michael is different. And the word I would use to describe Michael is surrender like just surrendering to what is and not going and chasing, but allowing, being a, being a participant of what is unfolding in front of you. So this like 90 second clip I'm gonna play for you and I may stop it in the middle. Uh, the name of the podcast I think is Do You Wanna Be Happy? And then it's a conversation between Tony, Sage and Mike. Um, but this is about um, the voice inside your head. Some people call it the ego. And w- what Michael talks about is People sometimes ask him, because they talk about the universal intelligence, and, you know, if if you believe in God, if God made us, why did he make the ego? Mm. And this is a way that he explains it in a way that I, and I just used the term, the pronoun he for God. It could be a she, it could be an it, it could mm-hmm. be no pronoun at all. So, um, But he explains it in a way that I've never heard it. So listen up. I think it's really good. Tony starts.
2: So what
3: is it? Why is it this dangerous place? And how can we go begin to change it or begin to come to something deeper? It took me a long time to actually clearly see what was going on. Because the first thing you try to do is shut the thing up. Oh, and yes. Say to somebody, used <laughs> to say,
0: shut up. So the thing is the voice inside your head. Okay. Right. <laughs> Literally. And, and
3: you realize it, it's not about mind control, mm-hmm. right? It's why is the mind doing that, mm-hmm. not don't do that. Yes. Why would it do that? Somebody once asked me, after I read The Untethered Soul, and I'm talking about that voice in your head drives you crazy, they literally said, why did God put that in there? Why would he do such a thing, right? And you realize, no, 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 that's not what happened, right? And in the most succinct way I can say it, what happened is as follows, right? You have had experiences, we all have in our lives, that were not pleasant. Mm-hmm. Somebody hurt us, the house burned down, we broke an arm, lots of things. We saw a snake. Yeah. Lots of things happen. That when they come in, we who are in there don't enjoy the experience. We don't like the experience. But what we do, because we don't want to have the experience, is we try to push it away. We try to control it so it doesn't come all the way into us. And it seems natural. Like if somebody took a a swing at you, you, you'd put your arm up. Well, this is like that. Something comes in, and you have hands in there, right? (laughs) And you use your will to keep this from coming too close, Mm. But what you don't realize is that when you do that, it stays inside of you. Mm. It's trapped. It stays inside of you. It's trapped. Mm. You trapped the energy with all of that discord, yes. right? Because yes. you didn't let it pass. You didn't mm-hmm. let it free. And by the time you spend a very little period of time on this earth, you've collected a bunch of those, yes. right? Psychology says your formative years are what? The collection of that stuff, right? It doesn't want to stay in there. That's what people don't understand. It is not true that it's burned into your brain. You are holding it there with your will. And you know that because every time it comes back up, you push it back down. Mm -hmm. So so afraid to feel it. That's exactly right. Somebody says something that disturbs you Mm -hmm. and you said, I need a moment.
0: What do you think?
1: It's 100% true to me. Yeah, and I I used to
0: think an ego, the ego or the voice inside your head was a vehicle of our minds that we had no control over. And although that still may be true, when I heard it explained in this way as I feel like it is unresolved memories. Or, or experiences. I mean, there will always be some sense of ego because we're human beings. But when I heard it explained to me as there's these just these things that you did when you were younger to kind of keep yourself safe and protect yourself, but it kind of got buried inside of you as opposed to allowing it to be processed. You know, we always talk about letting feelings go and and processing emotions. So, um, you know, you and I have had multiple conversations just today about certain things that happened between me and one of our kids, or you had another story about a friend of yours who did something that was probably set an imprint on the emotion of it. Mm -hmm. So I just, it just helped me understand what it is that happens when we get triggered or when we um, you know, behave in a way that if we took a, a breath and say, Was I proud of that behavior? our answer would be no. It usually goes back to something else that didn't get processed through.
1: Well, and a lot of times the things that we're talking about that didn't get processed through were not even going to be destructive anyway. Mm -hmm. We just perceive them to be that way, which is why we talk a lot about childhood trauma. Like one of the very simple examples he gave was you see a snake. Now if a child is afraid of a snake and they're at a zoo and there's a snake behind the glass and they are so afraid of that snake and they just run away and then all of a sudden it's just ingrained as this trauma. They weren't really unsafe in the first place, it was behind glass. And I'm using that as a metaphor for so many things where we're in a classroom and we're doing art and a teacher says that art isn't good enough. And then we believe we're not good enough. And that was never true. That was one person's decision in that moment, probably based on their own pain that day to tell you, you weren't good enough, but you ingrained it as being true. It became part of the ego and you didn't want to look at it and you didn't want to deal with it, or you didn't want to take in the feeling or the shame or the guilt. So it kind of just keeps rolling around in there as something that hasn't been processed. Now, What's interesting is that this, I don't look at this and say, well, then let's just pull up every bad thing and let's get through it so we can have complete peace. Because I think it's a necessary, like, buffer or it's a, ne- a necessary thing to lean against. Like, we don't get to go through life as human beings and have nothing that affects us. Sure. And we don't, even though I know, I actually just wrote something, Todd, and I'll be very brief about this, but. I wrote something about how important the feeling of terror is in my life, mm. because terror important meaning valuable. Absolutely, okay, go ahead. And, and let me explain why. I don't go out in the world seeking terror, um, but when something happens and I get a very fam- familiar feeling of terror, which I, you know, good friends of mine and my therapist can understand what I'm saying when I when I explain that because it's a very familiar feeling. Well, I'll go, oh, here's that feeling. And I call it terror. That's the word I have for it. And usually what's happening isn't really that terrifying, but I feel Feel terror. Mm-hmm. I pay really close attention to that feeling because I know, as your sister has taught me with her with some of her slogans from AA, is if it's if it's hysterical, it's historical. Yeah. So when I'm in terror, I know there's some history behind why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. I know if my child does something and then I go into terror, that it's not about them. Yeah. It's about me. So whenever I feel terror, I pay very close attention. I've been able to make a little separation between it's not really happening right now. Right. It doesn't mean the thing in front of me doesn't need to be dealt with, but the experience I'm having with it is completely blown up and out of proportion.
0: So what you're explaining is when these feelings come up, a lot of the times we identify with these feelings. And what does that mean we identify it? I'll do my best to explain my version of that. You become it. Yes. You you there is no observer like whether it's anger or frustration, you become that or terror. Anger or terror. You
1: like hide and you, yes, yeah.
0: fight or flight. Right. All that. And that and what Michael teaches in this book over twelve or thirteen chapters, I don't know, um, is to, you you can't, you can't, if you try to say, well, I'm not going to feel that, or I don't want to have terror, I don't want to have anger, you're just giving it more energy.
1: Absolutely. It's repressing. It's repressing.
0: So what, what he teaches, and so many other of our teachers have taught is just to observe that. Right. And I think that's what you're kind of explaining. So
1: when I feel the terror, there's a few things that I do. Number one, I acknowledge that I'm feeling it and I write about it. I usually tell you this is really bothering me at a core level, which mm. I know is is a good sign that there's something that needs to be looked at here. I've actually said to you, I am so afraid right now and I know it's mine. Yeah. Like I know it's mine and I'm looking at my child thinking she's creating this in me, but she's not, it's mine. Right. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a therapist that I trust very much. And, um, I go through this process that I have, it has worked for me called EMDR, mm-hmm. where you can actually go back to a memory and kind of work through it. Um, I also have just done that through talk therapy. I've done that through, um, talking with a friend. I've done that through vision boards, yeah. like about three or four years ago. Do you remember when I would be struggling and I just make a brand new vision board? I do. And I would find a million quotes that helped me like get to the core of what I was focusing on. So my point is, is that there's many, what the bottom line is, it's not about here's the, here's what you do, A, B, C, D. It's that it's saying, pay attention to me. That terror or that fear or that anger that keeps coming up, the snake that you keep seeing yeah. is saying... Pay attention to me, not coddle me or make me all of who you are. But I'm something that needs to have some air. Yeah, I need to be seen in a different way. I need to, and then once you get through that, it doesn't mean that that piece of you doesn't still maybe have some pain or you know I can still it's like a still like a bruise. Yeah, but I'm no longer like terrified by it. It wasn't what I thought it was in the first place.
0: Well, and. I don't remember exactly this teaching piece, but there's this book that I love called Fifteen Commitments of Conscious Leadership and they talk about how all the emotions are there to show you something. Of always. So when something is mad, and I'm gonna not do this well, but when, when you get angry at something, it means that something needs to be changed. Correct. Okay.
1: I always think about that some boundary has been crossed.
0: Perfect. When something when you're sad, something needs to be let go. Or supported or supported. Yeah. Uh, when you're happy, something needs to be celebrated. Like Yes you and know?
1: acknowledged.
0: So each of the so it's and just this exercise alone tells you that all these emotions, instead of identifying with them, they're here to teach you something. Yeah. That that in itself is an exercise in in creating a little space between the thought itself or the feeling itself and the observation of that thought.
1: Rather than believing that whatever feeling you're having is wrong. It's not because you're having it. Yes. Now, it may be inconvenient. It may be something you don't want to feel. It may be something that's confusing for you, but it's not inherently wrong. Yeah. You know, I had women's circle last week, and at the end we did kind of a an ending. Uh, we could call it a prayer or just an acknowledgement of everybody. And what, what I wanted to focus on with them is sometimes, like, it, we're in December right now. For those of you who are maybe listening to this at a different time, it's the middle of December, and a lot of times around the holidays, emotions are really high. Okay. For sure. And. We have this belief around the holidays that if we're not in ecstatic joy all the time, we're doing something wrong, that we're not appreciating or we're not recognizing. or My belief system is that around the holidays, emotions are high, every single one of them. I have more grief around the holidays. I have more joy around the holidays. I have more fear around the holidays. I'm more anxious around the holidays. Mm -hmm. And all of them belong. Yeah. Now, I try not to get lost in—and I don't mind getting lost in joy for a little bit, but I try not to get lost in any of them. They they all belong. And that when I grieve or I miss my dad because I hear a Christmas song, that that's in perfect place, yeah. right? I'm hearing a Christmas song, I miss my dad. That's exactly how it should be. Not— I shouldn't be feeling this way. It's Christmas time. And I can go through every single one, but I won't bore you. They're all there for a reason. But if we let them come in, we look at it, we accept it, and then let it go out – then we don't have to worry.
0: So here's my thing. So like, okay, great. Great conversation, Todd, Kathy. What do we do with this? So okay. I'm not going to get into all the details, but last week something happened between me and one of my daughters, and I got really frustrated and mad. I didn't scream. I didn't hit the kid, as you all know, but I got really mad. Yikes, I hope not. Uh, well, there's some parents out there that do that stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm just okay. simply okay. trying to say it wasn't like extreme. extreme but yes. I was, uh, for me it was extreme because I, I rarely get mad. Right, True um and i uh, so what we have always taught our kids is to feel your feelings it's not it's okay to be mad or frustrated it's that's human it's called being a human being it's what you do with it so when when uh my daughter and i kind of got into it um i did not give her any space whatsoever for her to have these feelings. so You thought she was being disrespectful. Basically, I was talking one game, (laughs) but I was walking a completely different game. And with the help of an amazing wife, she helped me realize this. So so the moral of this part of the story in regards to parenting is to create the space for um, our children's feelings to come in, to be expressed and to be released. Um, Because I didn't do that. I did not walk my talk. Yes, I did not walk my talk. Um, so that's the one thing I just kind of want to, you know, remind us on because, you know, I want her to express her feelings in the way I want her to. That you're comfortable. That with. I'm comfortable mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. And the minute that she did, and by the way, I'm the parent. So I've said this to you a few times, even today, I'm the one with the hopefully more fully developed prefrontal cortex, which is another way of saying I have more experiences and intuition. So our our 10 year old, our 12 year old, our 15 year old is supposed to be making these mistakes. I don't have that excuse. I'm 46. Mm-hmm. So I should No, be... you can
1: make mistakes. Right. But you are the one who needs to make amends.
0: And that's what I did. Yes. In that experience, I am the one with the support of Kathy, who was really helpful. She helped me realize what my role in that situation was. Uh, and in the moment, I didn't think I was wrong at all. And then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? I was wrong and I'm going to go make amends. And, and I will say that we had... My daughter and I now are stronger as a result of this experience than we were before it happened.
1: And she's more empowered, Um, not overpowering. Right. Like there's a difference. Empowerment means I spoke and I was respected. Yeah. That's something we don't... The idea that we want to break our kids down... So they never like say anything out of line or whatever. So how are we going to send them out in the world then? Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, I'm going to break you down your whole life and make you feel like not valued, but then go in the world and be empowered. Like we remember we have to, and remember our children are children only a certain amount of time. We are raising adults. We are not raising children. We are raising these children to be adults. And so we have to remember to, obviously we need to be child developmentally appropriate. Our children are in there closer to, we have teenagers and then pre-adolescents. So we can have these kind of conversations. I know those of you with four-year-olds, you're still in that place of trying to manage the day. I totally get it. It's
0: called the dark days, sweetie. Well, that's what I call it. No,
1: you you misunder, You misrepresent the dark days. The dark days were when the babies were really young. Yeah, that's young. true. When they were four, there was nothing dark about that.
0: Yeah, it's it's the sleep deprivation days is what yes. I talk about. When the dark I had
1: two babies, days. I was nursing. I yeah. was out all the time. That was dark yeah. because we were disconnected because we were just like flailing to get through so life. So if there's
0: any pregnant women out there listening to this, like. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: Buckle up. It's beautiful. It's
0: beautiful, but it also is a a lot of work.
1: Well, and you know what? Within dark, there's light. Like, I know that sounds so cliche and everyone's like, "Heavy, whatever, but I'm serious. When you get pushed to a point where you're exhausted and you're still loving this child, there's a wave of understanding about life that comes over you. You can't know something sometimes until you're pushed mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, I can be more than I thought I could be. Yeah. And so that's the beauty that's that's the light and the dark. But anyway, so um that's it. That's it. I think we should end with the thing that I wanted to end yeah, with. Yeah,
0: I have a put queued up. Good. I do want to talk about my favorite bald headed beauty. His name is Jeremy, Jeremy Kraft. Jeremy Kraft, I know that guy. Um he has a company called Avid Company. And if you live in Chicago and you want to get some work done around your house, like redoing your kitchen or repainting the interior, exterior house or building a studio for a podcast host, maybe. Uh, Everybody wants that. Jeremy is your guy. Um, avidco.net, 630-956-1800. Um, and... Should we close with this, like yeah. literally go into music after we're done sure. with this one-minute video? Let
1: me explain it a little bit. Okay. And, uh, so I posted on Instagram yesterday um, this clip that actually Esther Perel had posted. It was a repost, and but she had gotten it from Will Smith. Um, and you'll, when you hear it, you'll hear the narration is Will Smith. You'll recognize his voice maybe. Um, but basically, the title of it is "Love Is Help." Okay, and I first of all, even before I could hear what he was saying, I loved that title. Love is help. Um, And I just love and again, you're just going to hear his narration. I urge you to go to maybe our Instagram page to see it or just look up Will Smith, love is help on Google um, and see the images that he puts with Mm -hmm. his narration, Mm -hmm. Um, because it's about the, you know, the fact that really when we love somebody. What do we do? We we support them. We help them to become who they are, which is what we talk about on the show all the time. Like love does not mean do everything I want you to do and live my dreams and be that uh, the person I want you to be. Love is who are you and how do I help you and support you in becoming all those things that you know about yourself. Love is a very um unselfish act. You know, it's a but selfish at the same time because you get so much from watching someone you know, give to the world and be who they are. Um, And I want to end with this, number one, because it's just lovely, but also because as kind of a wrap up of all these people that we are having speak at our conference, um, they are people that we think represent love is help. All of them live love through what they do and what they offer to, first of all, to Todd and I, but then to the world, you know, they have taken their gifts Um, and they are loving us through their gifts and they're changing the world. So, you know, may we be, may we learn from them and be inspired by them. And I also hope all of you who are coming to the conference um, and all of you who plan to come to the conference, you know, we know you do that too in your everyday lives, in your work. um, And we honor you for what you do.
2: At its core, I think love is help. Everybody is having a hard time. So love is really devotion to their struggle. It's when you're committed to helping somebody with their life, helping them to suffer less, you know, helping them to manage their minds and their emotions. I think love is a deep desire for our loved ones' growth and their blossoming and their all-around well-being. When you love somebody, you want them to feel good. You want them to be happy and you want to see them succeed in life. And love really demands an in-depth understanding of their hopes and their dreams and their fears, their needs and trauma. I think love is giving and sharing our gifts for the purpose of nurturing them and empowering them and helping them to create their greatest joys.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode and feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us.
0: Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's 25 bucks a month where you'll get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions. If you can't join us live, don't worry. You can still access all Zen talks through the Team Zen podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks. Connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page and get discounts on everything that we offer.
1: Get your tickets for our annual Zen Parenting Conference on March 8th and 9th, 2019. Sweet. Get your brave on with Glennon Doyle, Abby Wombeck, Julie Lithcott-Hames, and Devorah Heitner, and enjoy a weekend in a warm and friendly environment of like-minded people. Tickets are available at zenparentingradio.com.
0: Sweetie's going to be off the hook. I know. Um, interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to ZenParentingRadio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books.
1: They're not your three books. Well, your three books. Thank you. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you anything, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Um,
0: guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with the loved ones good news i coach guys we can talk in person by phone facetime you choose if you're in chicago contact me about the tribe it's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters and don't forget about our 2019 unplug connect and transform retreat more more on that later
1: special thanks to our founding partner jeremy Kraft from avid painting and remodeling thanks for your love and support jeremy
0: sweetie he's a bald head of
2: beauty i know this all right everybody keep trucking see you next week adios